Hey everyone, and welcome back to Talking in Stations. I'm your host, Rain, and I'm joined by Artemis, my engineer and guest for today. Hi Artemis, how are you? I am doing very well, thank you. Alrighty, and so another week, those of you will know today is Monday. We did not do a show yesterday, I was busy with real life. And so obviously we're doing it now on Monday to make up for that, but hopefully we return to our normal scheduled programs on Sunday. So apologies to our European folks, as this is now like later US time zones, they are not able to watch live. But we're going to kick it off with some player news update. Artemis, you are currently showing the stuff in the south, the north. Let's I'm all go over to the Llama place. first. Let's we do Llama? Llama? Okay. So there's a big fight in Llama. Normally, uh, I feel like I've been desensitized to big fights, but this one actually was, what, 400 billion? So like an actual large fight, but only 300 people. So Llama's a system in Losec, so not null, but it was, what would you say, homed by Wrecking Crew. So RC, mm -hmm. and then Deepwater Hooligans and a bunch of friends came in, started fighting, bashing structures, and a massive fight ensued. The uh, thing that caught my eye with this is all the Zernitras. Like, these are pirate faction dreadnoughts. They are super expensive. Like, you can see 20 to 15 to 20 bill for the ones that died. And that's like Z kill prices, which are the best you're going to get. But still, like, just tons of dreads and also tons of Zernitras made me very happy. Yeah. I think somebody pointed out that the Zernitras, you normally. Like, they're not good for a Dread because Dreads kill things so fast and the Zenitra takes ramp up. But I also heard, I don't, know, I don't know if this was how it was correctly stated, but they said people would shoot things and then jump into the Zenitra to, like, just get on kills and whatnot. Or they waited till the end to bring them out. Which, like, I can see why people want to do that to pad their kill boards. But at the same time, like, we obviously have losses on one side. So people, like... Having like swinging big balls around, showing off their deep wallets with some of those, some of those dreads. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also been something where this this fight was over a structure timer, and we've been getting updates from the wrecking crew side, where they're talking about sort of other structures they have in the area and how deep water hooligans had been doing some timers, putting up structures of their own to potentially make an assault. I believe there is a keep star in this system. But it seems like all of the the further attempts at starting a fight have not escalated to anywhere near this degree. And I believe the Deepwater Hooligan structure in the system has actually destroyed. I'll have to search on Z-Kill, see if I can find that lost man. Yeah. I was going to say, like, usually if you have one big fight like that, people are rearing to go to get in that fight. But it was, it was severely one-sided, it looks like, based on the losses. So I'm guessing people not wanting to commit their assets like that again. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like the, the Deepwater Hooligans Fortazar they tried to anchor died on the 9th. Alright, so that was late last week. So not too long ago, but uh, yeah, I, I'm i not sure the significance of Llama. I mean, I know RC lives there, but I don't know why Deepwater would be there. I've seen them before, but usually I've seen them referenced in like Nullsec fights. I agree, yeah. I didn't imagine seeing them here either, but I suppose, like, with dock workers and, like, their crew being gone, it, it sort of leaves a void, if you will, for this kind of dread-dropping low-set group that isn't Shadow Cartel or snuffed out. Yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. Though. Oh, wow, okay, so still a ton of losses on both sides, actually. That's impressive. 
It looks. It definitely looks like a low sec fight, though, given some of these ships, and then probably some of the pods. I don't know if we had a lot of folks losing pods, but usually low sec fights have blingy pods. Well, hopefully, because it was in low sec, they didn't lose their pods, because that would be disastrous. Yeah, but uh, it'd be such an expensive. Well, they did lose a lot of pods. They I don't did. Know if they yes, blingy. fifteen bill worth of pods on the RC See? side. That's those um, implants that's worth it. Come on, guys, you gotta you gotta warp those pods off. It's low sec. There are no bubbles. Maybe they were getting smart bombed or something. That that is a strategy of like a what is it, just like a battleship sitting in the middle of everything, just smart bombing. And then usually I mean usually you have stuff that's like caught, you know, by hicks or anything else, so it makes a lot of sense for some of those to potentially have smart bombs to try and get those. Or actually gates, you can also have gates too. People sit between structures or gates of the fight and just smart bombing pods as they were about i remember back when i used to fly in low sec pretty regularly for like solo pvp like there would be characters that you would watch for in local because you knew they were flying a cloaky proteus then they would just like sit on the various faction warfare beacons waiting for a fight to happen and then a pod would show up and then they'd warp off to whatever gate they thought you were going to and and try and catch your pod you just have to watch for the character yeah, no, it's a good strategy. I think those people like half the time. So, what is it? When sees was it the Halloween event? There was one event where they had pods drop implants. Yes, and like those guys probably made so much money farming those pods. Them and high sec gankers, because <laughs> of farming. all of the the high sec people who just like were unaware of the event, and so they'd yeah. be autopiloting their capsule and just yeah. Yeah, normally, I mean, like if you're gonna gank in high sec, usually commit to that and like pods are never that commitment right and so it makes a lot of sense if they didn't know or whatever you can get some, some people payoff. do it not for just like as a griefing and killboard padding tactic like if you ever fly a leopard around in high sec it's not valuable if you kill it but it is a like it's a high value ship because they were limited edition. So people will like sit with thrashers and kill them if they can. Same thing with pause. Just some people do it for kicks and for griefing. That's pretty funny. I, I don't see the point, especially like with how tedious ganking is, but I, I get it if people want to have their fun. So we may have more with this llama. This is just one battle report and probably a grand scheme of things, but we may have more in the future to talk about here. Especially if there continue to be fights. If this is just like a flash in the pan or whatever, then we may not touch on it anymore unless like something results later on. But hopefully we see more, especially as Faction Warfare, hint, hint, wink, wink, is going to get some pretty big attention coming up. Hopefully so. All right, what are we on to next? Southern War. We talked about this two weekends ago, a couple weekends ago. Maybe a little more. I believe it was two weeks ago. Yeah, so I think that was when Imperium announced the retreat. So they are doing move ops to like physically retreat. And then this week, so Fire and Fire Company and Allies, who so a lot of folks were down there. So Horde and CPL were all down there to support Fire, and they've announced their return home. Um, I think there's been a lot of stuff dying there as well. I know Imperium just kind of up and left, so a lot of like burning of structures, you know, taking over those moons again. I would say probably all uncontested structure bashes, so probably not the most engaging thing, but it still kills for people who like kills. What were those regions that were contested against? So we're looking at Tenerifus, Amensi, and Faith Abolis. Let me just yes. see what the structure losses are like. Watching you do this, but yeah. 
Oh yeah, lots of decry structures dying in Tenerifis. And like, if you look at some of those numbers, it's not like, it looks like pretty uncontested, like 40 people just to bash a structure. Well, there's like a bigger one. Yeah, it looks like the only time you're getting 100 plus is for four Dazars, which makes sense. And then what was the last one? I meant Yeah. This one oh, has some are... bigger stuff with lots of forts, but nothing has died this month, which is strange. Immensity would seem to be the a big focus near the end of, of the, the war. So I'm surprised. Well, that would make sense why there are fewer Imperium and RMC-owned like small structures there, because that territory certainly was not held for long. Yeah, and then where was Imperium staging out? Were they in Ketch? Were they in the old Brave system? I believe this was their stage in Keepstar, yes, in Catch, but oh, it wasn't was Head GP, it was GE, oh yeah, that was Brave System. Thinking of a different time in Brave, but TE Tech, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's like kind of the end. I'm assuming they saved the Keepstars for last, I really don't know. Like, I, I don't know the strategy now, especially when it's all uncontested, I figured you'd shoot everything at once, but... To my understanding, this is like the only Keepstar that needed killing. There were lots of Fortadars dropped, but not many Keepstars. And it could also be a situation like we saw post-Vietnam, where the defenders would rather sell the structures off, and probably the people who are, who are taking back their space would want to purchase the structures in place as opposed to having to kill and replace. So there might be some sales of structures happening as well, but... Not really sure. Yeah, and we wouldn't see those either because that transitions without, like, I think any public record or anything along those lines. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, war in the South all over. It just sounds like everyone's going home. I think two weeks ago we talked about, like, what would FIRE do, right? Because I think it was FIRE and then Wrong and a few other groups that still kind of live in the area. So it's not really sure if people are going to come back and rehabit it or if it's just going to kind of be a wasteland for a little bit. I would be very surprised if Fireco doesn't like start putting infrastructure back up. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be the same density or size of infrastructure as they used to have, but I can't imagine that it would be left as just wasteland. People have plenty of need for, for additional space, be it to just like stick renters in or plant their flag. Yeah, for sure. And now the war in the north. I know we were supposed to do a follow-up show about this, but I haven't really heard a lot of big news. But um, so for a recap, Fraternity is fighting against Brave and Volta. And by Brave and Volta, I mean there's probably a bunch of friends that they have, and then Fraternity is also including a bunch of friends. Yes, it's um, the, the Greater Trash Community. Oh, is that it? Okay, That's I thought it, it was the Coalition. GTC. See, there's, there's a lot of confusion there. I swear to God, they're just trolling the S. Because you'll say Community, and then they'll correct you, oh no, it's Coalition. And then you'll say Coalition, and then they'll correct you and say, oh no, it's Community. I swear to God, it's just a massive troll. But oh, man. the last time I was corrected, it was community. Alrighty, so <laughs> they're up there fighting. I have heard of like quote unquote CTAs being pinged between both groups, but in terms of like like massive battle reports or like big shifting of the war, I haven't seen anything. So I think it's kind of a stalemate at the moment. I mean, obviously we have the time zone differences because I think Volt is mostly European, Brave is mostly American, and then Fraternity obviously mostly AU time zone. But at the same time, it's like they declare war. They got to do something against each other. Like, what's the point of declaring war if you're not going to fight? 
Well, I mean, there there are different ways of fighting, and there's different intensities of fighting. So early on, we were seeing lots of like skirmishes and battle reports because there were soft timers happening. So you'd have waves of troll toasting, which in and of themselves can spur like kind of small gang action. And then you're going to have like any timers, or sorry, any fights over the timers when they come out. We're seeing significantly less of that toasting happening. In fact, not a single sovereignty timer has happened, like specifically in Pure Blind, which has been sort of the epicenter of action here since like in September. So it seems that sort of action and content was determined just not worth the effort by the attackers, by fraternity. So they stopped. And instead, what they're focusing on is structures. So they're reinforcing structures and trying to push that. But as you mentioned, due to the time zone difference and the fact that the defenders can set their citadels to come out at a certain time after reinforced, it's going to be very difficult for sort of all the stars to align such that both groups think, okay, there's a good chance that we can make this happen. Worst case scenario for the defenders is that they aren't able to form up enough people and so their structures are just dying uncontested. But in fact, we're not kind of seeing that. In fact, we're seeing nothing is dying right now. For a little bit back in August, we had a couple of fraternity structures dying as well. So a stalemate is a perfect, perfect way to describe this due to that time zone interaction between them and the focus specifically on structures here. Yeah, so hopefully either... I mean, I'm expecting something to eventually happen. Like, maybe they, I don't know, get, like, more motivation, I guess, to fight. Or maybe they'll just be like, hey, guys, this is boring. Let's go home. Because I think if it fizzles out, like, without any sort of clear end, it's going to be really obnoxious for both groups, right? Like, they're going to say, like, oh, we're at war, but we're not really doing anything. Like, we're not defending. We're not attacking. What do we do? The weird thing is that Fraternity didn't move any staging for this, as I understand it. Like, they're staging from their home system. They just have an Ansiblex connection directly from Tribute over to here in Pureblind. And for the record, like, they have gained two solve systems in Pureblind throughout the course of the war. But that's kind of it. So they, they didn't have to move. Theoretically, Fraternity could sort of maintain at war for as long as they want. They just determine how intense that war is by like how many fleets they're sending across or how organized they are or if they're committing capital assets to fights. So it's it'll be interesting to see. I think the end of this war will be found regardless. Like it's never going to go on permanently because when Fraternity doesn't want to commit anymore, the defenders definitely want to get their infrastructure out of this space to make it harder for Fraternity to try again. So once Fraternity has given up, so to speak, or lost the the manpower to be able to keep up the defense of their structures, then I think it'll be a good place to call it an end. Yeah, so hopefully we see... I want to see something soon. I always like fights. Now that the war in the South is gone, it's like, we need something to tie us over to our next topic. The expansion. Indeed. And in fact, we've got a timeline for it, too. So we want to, like, go through the timeline and dig into the details. Yeah, is this a roadmap that everyone's been asking for for years that CCP is always hesitant to put out? So right here, so CCP has kind of outlined, a lot of folks have asked. Um, so at FanFest, we received the Factual Warfare revamp update, refresh, I don't know what you want to call it. And they shared that it was going to happen in, quote, Q4 2022. Q4 and the calendar 2022 is December, November, October. October being like three weeks away. So a lot of folks have been asking like, hey, CCP, what does this mean? What should we expect? So CCP actually came out and put out a timeline. So here in September, we have new ships. 
I think there has been a lot of talk of potentially, what is it, Navy or faction destroyers. I think that was like kind of leaked or shared by CCP. So folks are predicting that. In October, they're going to do more, I wouldn't say updates, but they're not like gameplay updates. It's more of like quality of life updates, the audio, visual, UI. And they've been working on Photon UI, as we all know. And so that will be, that'll be in October. And then actually in November is where like the real meat and potatoes is of the update. That's where the uh, Faction Warfare revamp, I think, is going to actually come to fruition. Probably a big update on that day. If anyone has seen those updates before, it usually creates like longer downtime. And then there's always like tons of bugs and people are like, what is happening? And it's chaos. But that's where the actual revamp's going to come. And I think that's what everyone's been waiting for. I, I shouldn't say everyone. Some people don't care for it. But I have personally been waiting for it. I am stoked. I, I don't care if I even fly with an alliance or a faction. I'm just going to go there and fly and fight people. But that's, that's the excitement that's coming. For sure. So in September, like we've got sort of the arcs. So if you're an RPer or you like to to dig into the details and stuff going on there, like that's that's where the content is going to be, and you're going to be discovering what's coming in Uprising, which is awesome. Love that, especially hearing about new ships because people have been asking for content forever. October, I am like. I kind of want walking in stations back, okay? The the new trailer, and I'm going to play it here for a moment. The new trailer has, like, all the characters sort of standing in their stations and going down to their hands. And I really, really want to, to have this back. Like, I want to be able to go down an elevator and see my hangar and see my ships in there. Like, that would be really cool. We know for sure we are getting, like, the new revamped hangars and everything and those sorts of visuals, but... The way they keep highlighting walking in stations makes me think it's coming back, or makes me want it to come back. What about you? I really like this music in this, so I want to be quiet. But yeah, no, I 100% agree. Even like pulse bar and references and stuff like that, super critical for like CCP sharing all of it. Who is this guy, by the way, or person? Who is this individual with the hood? I don't know, but it looks like they're stand. Okay, so they're standing on a planet. I'm assuming that's not a station. And then they're looking at the sun. It looks like a bluish sun. I don't know if this is like a Triglavian reference where, you know, like we've had all this stuff with the Triglavian arcs. Or is it called like Triglavian arcs? The one where it's like all the Eden, all the factions are fighting over these new Triglavian stations or whatever that are showing up in space. I feel like it's a reference to that. Okay, we've got a member of chat who says they have solved the trailer. It's about Space Gandalf, a fitting wizard who has been hiding planet side, who will return to us and use fitting magic to let us fit hands to eagles. Appreciate that bit of lore there. The the people who are wondering what's going on with hands to eagles, a lot of people are looking at the earlier footage of the ships in the fin. And then also later on in this where there's a fight scene and there's an eagle that's firing hand missile launchers. Which, for the record, I've seen lots of discussion about this, like, oh my goodness, the, the trailer creators don't play EVE? Counter-arguments, the vast majority of people who play EVE don't know how to fit their ships, and this is actually more accurate portrayal of how players play EVE. That's so true. A lot of people, and I've heard CCP give this argument in the past, right? Like, they're looking more when they show these trailers, and it's almost always like, oh, there's some gameplay element to it. They're always looking for something that looks cool to an audience. And they, I remember the example was, like, a Ragnarok, and it showed the fit, and it was, like, the dumbest fit. And people were like, why would you fit your Ragnarok? Like, 
like that. And CCB's like, no, we want to show the variety of icons that people are going to be clicking because then it looks cool to them. Instead of just like, hey, guys, here's my super cool ship. It has three buttons because here's the micro warp drive and here's the guns. It's like, yeah, man, that's like not cool at all. So I see... I get why people like like hard hardcore nerds are like, oh, that fucking isn't right. Like, but to a common man who's like, yeah, man, I kind of want to check out Eve. Oh, there's this new trailer. Like that looks cool to them. Like missiles launching from a ship, super cool. A gun going pew pew, not as cool. I mean, if you get like the the classic apocalypse with the rainbow lasers, right? Different colored crystals in every gun. Like that looks cool. I like that. Yeah, it can't. And and the purposes I think in this trailer though, it would not be as cool. This is true. <sighs> All right. Let's talk about what's coming in Uprising then. Let's dig into this stuff. Or actually before that, a quick note. So with the Faction Warfare update, there's all the changes to the Faction Warfare system itself. And then there's the Allegiances system, which a ton of people, us included, were excited about for sort of a different mechanism for non-Faction Warfare players to interact with that war zone in a meaningful way. And that is targeted for Q1 2023. So if, as you hear us talking about like Uprising update, Faction Warfare changes that are coming, just remember those allegiances are coming Q1 2023. I've heard some people being really upset about that, but I love it. I feel like if you are not dedicated to Faction Warfare, you do not get to partake in the joy of an immediate update for it. So I think this is a way to give people like I think of like Arcia, right? Like she's always on here talking about faction warfare and her participation and all these other groups like Urshakan and whatnot, like these massive corps and alliances that have been playing faction warfare for years who have been begging for this update. They get to enjoy it before normies like me who sit out in null sec or just are a pirate in low sec before we can partake. And I'm perfectly okay with that. If that bothers you, roll an alt or leave your stupid alliance and join faction warfare. All right, I love it. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear any complaints about it. So we start off with some lore stuff, which is epic, but means I have no idea what it means. It's talking about Athenon, which I believe was recently a target system in like one of the Faction Warfare email spams. It was like, hey, go focus on this system. And so now there's like mysterious constructions happening. In fact, there's a video we'll talk about a bit later from the community beat where somebody dives into that from a lore perspective and what's so there, there's that coming, and then we've got like new ships that they confirm are coming through as well, and then the Faction Warfare updates that were discussed in the previous State of the Union news items. So we're talking like the whole frontline, backline, command center paradigm, if you will. Yeah, it's going to be... I'm excited as heck for it. I Do they make mention of heraldry? That's the only thing I can think of that is Faction Warfare, but yes, and so that might... I feel like that's going to come out, but uh, it is bigger than Faction Warfare. So this is like the upgrades to your ships, the co all cosmetic type stuff. And I think that's something that, I mean, it, yeah, it can impact Faction Warfare, but you can do that with stuff beyond Faction Warfare too. And I think that was the, the intent for CCP. So this will be good to see how that actually plays out and what you can do with it. Absolutely. And we already saw like in the trailer itself and confirms that you're going to be able to put your corporation and alliance logos onto skins onto your ships. And I think they even mentioned Citadel skins coming in the future, which will be cool. So those Citadel skins aren't launching with heraldry. They aren't launching an uprising, but they, they've said they're trying in the future again. Yeah, I wouldn't expect anything super fancy with this. Like I would expect maybe 
like corporation skins are already assets in the game, so I could expect them to maybe play around with that without, you know, messing up player alliance skins. So I'm excited to see kind of how they do it, but I I have a feeling it's not going to be as big at first. So that kind of makes me sad, but at the same time, I'd rather at least get it right instead of like, hey guys, here's your skin, and then it's like the default logo. You know, like that sometimes we see the bug on certain things, like on Citadels, it's just the default logo sometimes. Absolutely. One thing I'm super curious about is during FanFest when they were talking about how this heraldry system would work, they focused on earning heraldry points or, or whatever they're called, interbus credits, there we go, earning interbus credits to purchase heraldry through their made by players for players program. So this is sort of yeah. the response to that controversy we had about selling retrievers in the mining packs. And they're like, it's okay, everything will just be made by players going forward. So, like, the details of how that program is going to work are super important. There are lots of people looking forward to dig into that. I'm surprised that, like, to my knowledge, I'll do a search real quick, but there's been zero mention of Interbus credits or that program in this dev blog or anywhere else. Yeah, I'm not quite, because I remember that topic too, but I don't think they've expanded on it. I don't know if it's been discussed amongst, like, the player base a lot. I feel like that's super important. And, like, I've, that's also a way for heraldry to go outside of faction warfare, right? Like if you're an alliance, you say, hey, guys, go mine me some ore and give it back to me or whatever. And then you get points or I don't know how it's going to be gamed and whatnot. But that, like, that's super important if you're, you know, if you want to fly your colors, but you don't want to partake in faction warfare. Absolutely. And I mean, maybe they just roll out the heraldry for testing without introducing the whole interbus credit system and migrate it later could be a way to do it i'm not sure it's just curious that it's absent from the stuff blog yeah and i mean they're coming out with the allegiance stuff in q1 2023 so hopefully hopefully like maybe sometime in q4 we get a bigger or not a bigger like an expanded roadmap of like hey here's the stuff we've been working on here's the stuff that's still coming that you're all asking questions about and then also in in Q4, we've got the Alliance Tournament, a thing that we failed to mention when we were look, looking at this graphic, but that's what this is. The Alliance Tournament is happening in November. Going to be awesome. Don't forget about that, but I just remembered we forgot about it. Yeah, so the one thing that's important, I think, so that this dev blog kind of touched on with Faction, or not Faction War, for the Alliance Tournament, is so there's new ships, and Zalus has said, no, the new ships are not going to be allowed in the Alliance Tournament. So no matter how like amazing these new ships are or weak that they are, they're not going to be allowed. And I think that's deliberate because CCP, like there's not a lot of time, so it's a, it's a huge other factor. CCP is probably unable to balance it right because every new every new ship they come out with always has like some issue of like balancing overpowered or underpowered so they don't want to affect they don't want to affect that and give more stress to the players but they have said that any sort of balance patch so whether that's the eagle getting missiles or not will will be allowed for the tournament both the as far as i know both the trials and the alliance tournament so if they do like another t3c rebalance or they upgrade the eagle or any of that then that will actually be applied to the tournament players can't play on the tournament with like a old patch or something like that yeah absolutely and that's 
Like, the way they've done the rules, I think one of the smartest changes they made in recent years is doing, like, individual point cost by ship. So, like, some ships are particularly powerful. Like, the Lashak is way, way, way more powerful than some of the other pirate faction battleships in the context of the tournament. So they'll, they'll charge more for that ship in particular. And you just don't have time to see how powerful something is going to be to assign that specific point value before going into the tournament. It's it's one of the best changes they've made in recent years, getting the folks from EVENT in and getting a lot of smart like theory crafters in there to make sure it's an even playing field and doesn't get stale. Yeah, and to be honest, that's actually a change that players made to their player-ran tournaments, and CCP was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. The other rule that they had was like so to avoid multiples of ships you know they limit it but then what they've also done is say okay if you have multiples of these ships we're going to increase the point value so it was either the ship type so like a destroyer class or whatever or it was a specific ship so like a, a talwar or a thrasher if you had multiple they increase the points so that was something actually brought about by players too so if you guys think players don't affect things they definitely do alliance tournament is one of them all right, so, and of course, the, the art team doing what they do, just giving us awesome visuals to look forward to. Yeah, I, I'm actually stoked. So, like, if you notice, the, what was it, October had, like, all of the audio and UI updates, and the, and the art updates was one of them. And I'm wondering if that's an anticipation for all of the, the heraldry stuff coming out. And I feel like even if it was super minor and we couldn't see it right away, it'd be, still be amazing. Absolutely. And one thing we forgot to mention coming during October was Halloween Horrors, which is always a fun event. I think it was the first event back when it was the Crimson Harvest. That was one of the first like, big themed events that we had. And that's when players first fell in love with the idea of doing these sorts of events where you go out to event sites and, and having those sorts of things. So it's always lovely to see that come back and we get the avatars with the pumpkin face and fantastic colors on our ships and everything like that. Yeah, that's. I I'm really glad CCP has started doing that. I feel like I don't know. I love seasonal events. Like no matter what game I'm playing, I'm like, hell yeah, dude! Valentine's Day. I hate it as a holiday, but let's go collect heart skins and all this and that. And then uh, I really want CCP to do more. Sorry, my cat is very confused. So CCP for the Halloween event, they actually had like the pumpkin. I think it was the pumpkin Rex, and I, I think that's the first time we've ever seen them like modify Rex. And I want them to do that for other things like. I don't know, you can get a heart wreck for Valentine's Day or a snowflake wreck for Christmas or something like that. That would, that be, would be epic. Yeah, and I want them to do more. I, wanna, I, don't, I don't know how much effort it is, but maybe that art team will update it for us. Poor art team, always getting like things thrust upon them, and then people are just like, oh, it's only art that's coming out. See, you say that, like, I feel like nobody hates on the art team unless they make like the only exception is if they're making like ship upgrades and people don't like it. But like the art team can do like literally everything and players will like hold it to like CCP. Like the art team will be like, hey guys, Angel Titans. And everyone's like, yes, those are coming out, right? And the rest of the devs are like, we are not planning anything related to the Angel Cartel. And I feel so bad for the rest of the devs because the art team could just do whatever and it's amazing. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, All this... right, while we were talking about the, the Halloween haunt or what have you, and we actually just got the results from the most recent event week, barring GM week, there was no like player competition there, just a fun, a ton of fun activity. But for the Kaldari Union, 
we did get the the rewards and the prizes and the participation and we found out that who was it the we're Comey. so that's the specific corporation within kaldari who won their won the thing what are the percentages it was super close that's really close holy cow did he give an exact number of like participation points that it was different or did he just give the percentages I think just it looks like just the percentages and oh. then i know for mimitar they got a station named after them did the kaldari get anything similar they mentioned that specifically what they're getting is a monument. a monument yes outside of gita 44 plus some like security ships and then the top 100 characters who participated for all of the megacorps not just the one that won are going to be getting a special medal on their character sheet from the ceo saying hey you are awesome for our corporation that's um, awesome yeah does stuff like that that's super cool i have no idea what this art is from though is that the monument that might be the monument that would be cool that doesn't yeah. look like the background for Jita though Am I insane, or is that not the nebula in, in Jita? Like, the red oh. back there? Oh, no, definitely not. And I think the planet, so Jita's planet's really close to it. Yeah, so that's not Jita. I have no idea where that is. Somebody who, who knows this kind of stuff will have to correct us in the YouTube comments later, or come to our Discord and yell at us. That's cool, too. This is why, if you just say the wrong thing, then you always get corrected. It's the best. Exactly. All right, so we, we covered that, but we've kind of segued into, into the community beat so before we dig further into that are there things with uprising you want to talk about no i'm just really excited about uprising like super stoked absolutely especially like players coming back for uprising i think is what i'm most excited for with faction warfare and with low sec and and people trying new things like there are some events where it's changing the way an existing structure works which just means the players who are currently doing it just do it in a different way but i feel like this faction warfare update it is changing an existing system but it's doing it in a way that will attract players from other areas of eve which is super exciting yeah, I feel, I think in my grand scheme of playing EVE, I think the big expansions I've had, like there have been a lot of expansions, but the one that felt the most fundamental before this was probably the Citadel one when they released Citadels. And so like this one actually feels like, yeah, all brand new. So that's why like my warning to people of like, hey, stuff's going to be crazy on patch day. So it feels like we haven't had that in a while. Like we've had some patch days where it's like, oh yeah, it takes a little longer or like there's bugs, but they're not like groundbreaking. And so this one feels like it's probably like if something goes ever so slightly wrong, it's going to be like, oh, great team. We got to like wait a whole day. And I don't think players are going to be ready for that. I mean, they never are. So it's OK. Yeah. All yeah the right. Community beat. I love the fact that CCP does their community beat. It's always exciting to read every week. And what I loved about this one, it was not just focused on stuff the players are doing which is great but also where specifically the players were interacting with the end game events because it was always difficult like if i wanted to go back and figure out who won the minmitar thing it was kind of hard for me to find that out but now that they're putting it in community beat like that's exactly where i would think to look for it i just never knew that's where i wanted it before so it's cool that that's where they put the winners and they've got this video that some player did about the union day and the construction projects that are part of this arc that's happening which is sort of going to introduce the new ships and introduce the new faction warfare changes. Yeah, that's super exciting. I haven't watched this one. Is it worth watching? Is it, like, super long? 
It's only two minutes and 40 seconds. No, it's it's good. Nice. It also says ASMR. That's great. I, I don't think that's that. I mean, maybe a double entendre there or something. But Yeah, it looks like it's probably a corporate alliance name there. That's exciting, though. All right, some stuff from GM Week. The other things that I wanted to talk about here specifically is an upcoming event. So if you're going to be playing EVE this coming week on September 17th, what day is that? Is that Saturday? I think so. Yes, yes it is. So on Saturday the 20, or sorry, the 17th, the 2200 UTC, one of those are Nitras. We just talked about pretty expensive Dreadnoughts, Pirate Faction, Triglavian, super cool. They're going to be sacrificing one to Bob, who is the deity of Wormhole Space, and they tell you what system it's going to be in. So if you want to try and make your way here, it's a class 5. What's the statics? Class 5 with a class 5 static. So get yourself into a class 5 and just sort of go through that C5 highway and try and make your way into this specific system. It's a red giant, so be prepared for like lots of bombs and that sort of thing, and smart bombs. Like people will probably try to pipe bomb this thing if people are flying in like interceptors trying to get on the kill mail. That would be hilarious. Man, I don't know if I'm busy that day, but that seems super tempting to go in and like sneak in and try and stream it or something. Absolutely. Like, uh, pad my kill board. I pad my kill board during GM week, too. That was a lot of fun. And then some other things to keep your eyes out for in the future are the player meets. And there's one in particular I want to talk about. EVE Vienna, coming up on October 15th. Oh, did we talk about EVE Northeast last week? I don't think we talked about it last week, but I've seen some photos of it. It looked like it was a lot of fun. Did you go? I thought you were planning on going. No, I'm doing Vegas. Oh, okay. Well, between the two, between EVE Northeast and when Vegas happens, we've also got EVE Vienna, and a friend of the show whose name I'm going to struggle to pronounce, but I'm going to try because he's super reached out to make sure that we let everybody know about this one. Apparently, it's the only remaining, like, sort of German-speaking-slash-focused meetup since G Fleet is no longer a thing. So if that's your area of the world, sort of the German-speaking part of Europe, then go ahead and make sure you check out Eve Vienna. Wait, why do they get rid of Eve or G Fleet? I am unfamiliar. I'm sorry. I don't know the details. I just know it's gone. Oh, I mean, it's probably due to COVID and, you know, player turnover and whatnot. Like running events is super stressful. So I linked a tweet from, oh, no, now I'm going to butcher his name. Julianus? Julian. I think you got Ju- it. Yeah, Julianus. Yeah, nice, dude. I didn't think I got that right. So, like, so Eve Northeast was where they literally go out to the boonies of the Northeast and camp. I say the boonies. It's literally just away from, uh, like, cell signal and whatnot. So they just all hang out, drink, play games, have fun. It looks like a lot of fun if you're ever into the camping and the whole not sitting at a bar all weekend sort of thing. Absolutely. Just make sure you bring bug spray. Yes, for sure. Like, it is not fun when you have mosquitoes, and they definitely do up there. But yeah, EVE events are super critical. So you called out EVNA. We talked about EVE Northeast. Vegas is coming up. That's a pretty pricey weekend in October, but if you can make it there, it's a ton of fun. CCP will actually be showing up for, I think it's the Thursday. They're doing like a dinner with an open bar, and CCP will actually show up and give a presentation. Not really sure what exactly. It's not going to be the, to the scale as it was before, where it was like a keynote and all that, but they're definitely going to give something to the players that showed up. Yeah, that's awesome. Also, I guess somebody was using this as a campaign for their 
CSM run. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Vegas is always fun. Even if you don't go to the Eve stuff, just going and hanging out with friends in Vegas is awesome. And then Eve Down Under in November. Such is... a lovely place. So many lovely people in AUTZ. If you've never flown in AUTZ before, just the people are awesome. So much fun. That's yeah. I've um, I've had friends who've gone and they they talk they talk it up a lot. It's a lot of fun for folks. So if you're in that area, definitely go. I want to make it at some point. I have friends in Australia I really want to go hang out with. And I think this one is going to be more of the Eve Vegas-esque. Like, certainly nowhere near the way Vegas used to be, because it used to be like Vegas and FanFest were the two big things. But I think it's going to be more heavy in terms of CCP participation and stuff like that. Yeah, they have player and CCP panels and stuff on Saturday. So it is absolutely going to be more like ccp support and stuff there uh, they're having like a full event so i'm just like hey guys here's one thing to do and i know i believe it was ccp larrikin is in the area so like usually they'll send all their australian devs he's one of them but they'll send all the australian devs and whatnot down there it's usually really easy to get in and out with covid restrictions and one i'm not quite sure what australia's rules are i don't know either surely they would have the details here somewhere on eventbrite because that's kind of important to know but if Maybe they don't have it anymore. It yeah, definitely go there. It's a lot of fun. All right. Well, I think that's all the things I wanted to specifically highlight from the from the community beats. Yeah, I I don't really have much more this week. I'm trying to think of big things that have happened that I've heard people talk about, but I don't really like besides the war ending and then some of these updates. I don't really remember like recall anything. Yeah, so some things to look forward to next week then, I guess. We've got confirmed, there was a fantastic discussion last week, Rain. You and Nick and some of our guests had a discussion about ganking and griefing and that whole dynamic and what's okay versus not okay. And we're getting a member of one of the large ganking groups to come on and sort of contribute to that discussion from their perspective. So look forward to that guest being on next week. It'll be Sunday, September 18th, plus whatever else we find to talk about and share with you. Yeah, and then hopefully stuff picks up in the war in the north. Otherwise, we might just do a generic update combined with another show there. And then same with the fighting that's been happening in Llama between Deepwater Hooligans and Friends and then RC. So I think those are going to be some big updates. I know, ooh, oh, Plex Prices. I think Shen was on the show talking about Plex. MER stuff. Yeah, we can do yeah, some MER, MER stuff Plex. too. That stuff's way all over my head. Like, I can just say MER is out. Please go look at it because I do not, like, I do not follow that at all but we do have folks who do and i think that's super critical to continue to share absolutely especially like a lot of people are focused on plex prices and they're they're insanely high right now which ccp probably wants you to know there's a plex sale going on so if you want to make some good isk you can plex if that's your thing but lots of interest on the economy given that direct impact on players yeah and that's something that affects uh I want to say like a lot of the game, like you, like me, I, I don't understand it, but it still affects me whether I want, want to understand it or not. Oh, my cat says hello again. I don't, I was going to say Artemis, if you don't have anything else, I think I'm ready to close it out. Awesome. Short, sweet, and to the point today. Yeah. My cat says hello. If she behaves, I can pick her up and show her to you guys. But yeah, thank you Artemis for joining me. Thank you for those in chat. I've been, I've been trying to half read chat, half not. I've been super distracted reading all the other notes on my screen 
Definitely but like, shout out to Stewball80 for throwing a bunch of bits our way and, and chatting it up. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you. He's been chatting a lot. But yeah, if that's all, Artemis, we can send, a, send everyone out. And uh, hello to our YouTubers. Hope you have a good week.